I will say, and I always say this, with the law and what I was practicing, I really loved what I was doing. But there was a difference between that and I felt like what I was involved in was like a rat race. You wake up, I did the same files every day, I went home. It was a different kind of fire that was lit under me. Hello, and welcome to the Fork in the Road podcast. I am your host, Kathy Galloway, and here we share stories of women forced to choose between leaning into an invested career in corporate America or daring to venture onto an unknown path. Today, we're talking to someone who has been driven by her passions to discover a way forward. My name is Leah Frazier. I am a small business owner, a creative, a daughter, and a free spirit. Leah and I were connected by a mutual friend and I had a chance to chat with her about her unique story. This episode has such great wisdom for those of you who are being called by a passion every single day. And that's not all of us, trust me. Uh, But Leah shares how she considered the benefits of sticking with her career in law or jumping into something so very different, as you will hear. Listen for her words of wisdom on passion, on focus, and on gratitude. She truly is loaded with wisdom. Enjoy. Hi, I'm so happy to talk to you today about your incredible story to get to share that with some of our listeners. So thank you for being here, Leah. Thanks for having me. So excited. Yeah, so let's jump right in. Um, You know, the first thing I really want to hear from you is about the path that led you to where you are today. Let's kind of back up and, and paint a picture for us. Tell us about where you were, what was going on in your life that kind of forced you into this moment in time where you had no choice but to to rethink your priorities and what you wanted out of life. Tell, tell us about that. Yeah, sure. Um, At the time, I was a practicing attorney. I was in private practice and um, living in Houston at the time. And I represented banks in consumer bankruptcy. So not exactly the most sexiest (laughs) thing to do, but I actually really liked what I was doing. And after I left that job, I moved back to Dallas and went in-house. And um, just always had this affinity for fashion and dressing up. I was like the girl that always was dressed to the nines in the courtroom and had the latest shoes, the latest bags. (laughs) And all of the other attorneys in the office would come to my office every day and see like, what are you wearing today? All right, let us see your shoes or let us see your bag or what, where did you get your suit? And so while I was an attorney, I started a personal shopping business just for fun. And it was more so because I just wanted people to stop asking me where I got my stuff. (laughs) And it was so much fun that I got my certifications because I wanted to be legit. But again, this was just something that was a hobby. I didn't think that I was going to make a business out of it because I thought because I went to law school and I was already in private practice that I was just going to be an attorney for the rest of my life. And that is not what happened. Yeah. After all that time (laughs) invested, right. A lot of schooling, a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of money. I'm still paying back. (laughs) Right. Um, But I think, you know, after a while I started doing fashion and the law side by side for almost seven years. And the fashion side was just kind of 
blossoming into all of these different ventures. Like I was still personal shopping, but I was styling celebrities. I was styling music videos at that point in time. And then I started doing a lot of TV. So I was the fashion trends expert for Good Morning Texas and was doing all of these um, TV appearances. And for seven years, the fashion people didn't know I was an attorney and my attorney Mm. friends and my network did not realize I was in fashion. You were Superman. (laughs) (laughs) And it just got to a point to where I got really tired, probably around that seventh year. And I was like, you know, I have to make a choice. So am I going to stay an attorney or am I going to take this career that's kind of uncertain, but it's fun and it wakes me up in the morning and I feel good about what I'm doing. And on the personal shopping side, there were so many women whose lives were being changed just because we were able to change their image and make them feel beautiful. And so I decided (laughs) to go in that direction. And And it really, it just got so tiresome that I remember I was working remotely at home and it just felt on the attorney side where I was like, if I have to open my laptop one more day, I think I'm going to go crazy. Um, And it wasn't because I hated it. It was just because I was tired. And that was the point that pushed me into Leah, you have to make a decision. Mm. And so I decided to do what was more fun. Uh, I didn't really have a plan and that kind of (laughs) bit me in the butt. (laughs) Yes. So I want to I want to talk about that um in obviously in a lot more detail but I'm so curious about how you know I think for a lot of women they're they're in these jobs where they have a passion for it but it it doesn't make their spirit soar right, right. I, I wonder if you felt that way about law that you you studied you'd invested your time into it it was something that you felt sounds like you felt good about doing but there was a different version of that feeling when it came to fashion. Can you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like as women, we're very emotional and in tune with our intuition. Um, So that whole women's intuition thing is right on point. But I, I will say, and I always say this with the law and what I was practicing, I really loved what I was doing. But there was a difference between that and I felt like what I was involved in was like a rat race. You wake up, I did the same files every day, I went home. It was a different kind of fire that was lit under me um, for fashion because I just couldn't, I couldn't go to sleep. It was waking me up, I was excited. I couldn't wait to do the website. I couldn't wait to shop with a new client. I couldn't wait you know, to blog about it. It, it was just this extra edge of excitement where it was just like this new journey and it was different than I'm good at law. I like what I do. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go down, you know, and get on the hamster wheel. It was, it was a different type of spirit with it where I couldn't shake it. And it was like, if you don't do this, this is going to bug you for the rest of your life. I think that's so important. Um, Such a great articulation of what a true passion is. And I think we, we all struggle myself included with, um, you know, you listen to Oprah and you're like, yes, I got to find my passion. I got to go do it. Whatever. What is my calling? Uh, And for many of us, we don't get that feeling. We don't get that, that sense that I got to wake up in the morning and do this. But, but if you have that, if you've 
identify that if that thing is calling you from your bed to wake yes. up in the morning then those are the whispers that turn into the the screams that say it's time for change and it sounds like that's exactly where you landed right? yeah and i just want to clarify because sometimes with all of the entrepreneurial books and podcasts and and everything people think that you have to absolutely hate what you're doing in corporate or that I didn't like where I was at and I wanted to quit. So I just took this leap. That was not the case with me. I really loved being an attorney and what I was doing within the law because I was still changing people's lives um, as far as keeping them in their homes and working out deals. And, and it, was a, it was a beautiful job. It just didn't light the fire like when I went over and took a leap of faith and went into fashion. So um, sometimes people are confused by what they hear with all the entrepreneurial <laughs> buzz. You don't have to hate your corporate job. You can actually love it. It just may mean that in the next phase or the next season of your life, you're going to be doing something completely different that just lights you up in a way that you can never have imagined. That's fantastic. That's so enlightening. I think really important because yes, actually, even in this podcast, even in the episodes that have already um, been aired and the ones that are coming, we are going to hear a lot from women who are saying, I was in that moment, which is also true, as you know, about my story. I was in that moment where I felt like this isn't working for me. I am not happy. It's not doing it. But that's not always a universal story, right? It, to your point, there may be a, a, someone out there who's who's doing fine. The question is, is fine enough? Is fine good enough for you? Is there something else that sparks even more joy and more passion in you? So here, you're here struggling with, you've got your law career, you're doing all this fashion stuff, amazing things is ha are happening with fashion. What were the things you debated? Tell me about your mind space in that moment. You're sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, I just, I can't do this anymore. How do you challenge yourself between, uh, again, you invested a lot of time and money into your law career and then something that's helping you wake up every morning. How, how do you decide between that? It was really tough. Um, I was leaving something that was extremely secure. I was making incredible money. I had just bought my dream car. And so I had just um, rewarded myself with a BMW and it had an incredible moonroof. And my nephew- That's a big deal. That's a it big was. deal, right? Yeah. It was. And my nephews, it's so funny. They always love for me to come pick them up. And they're like, put the moonroof back, Lily. <laughs> they love to be in Lily's car. And so I had just um, did all of that. And then working for a bank, they literally was handing my house to me. So I was in the home buying process. And I had saved for the down payment. And at the time that I had did that, and I was having all of these feelings of like, I don't know, I feel this shift was when I met my business coach, mm. Marshawn Evans Daniels. And she's actually out of Atlanta, uh, but she came to Dallas and we met and I signed a contract to work with her for a year because I was like, I'm good at this, but I don't know how to make this work. I'm insecure. Like I have to replace my income. Like there's no, <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to struggle. Like I have to replace my income, but I need you to tell me how to make money and monetize all these different things that I'm doing. So I signed a contract. Yeah, question for you on that. Sorry. Sure. Uh, so you talk of talking about 
having this sort of sense of insecurity about about your income. I think that's a really big pain point for people in this moment where they're they're often in jobs that have what I call the golden handcuffs or these jobs yeah. like you did, right? Because all this income coming in, often there's a family involved, there's kids, there's a husband, uh, there's there are parents that might be aging that you're worried about how to take care of them. Um, and, and that's a big thing. Talk, talk to me about how you thought through your that insecurity and, and how you work to overcome it and really think through a game plan on that. I think for me, it was because um, I spoke to someone else who had already been there. And I think making the investment into my business coach was probably the best, absolute best decision I ever made because she was able to take an eagle, eagle's eye view and say, here's what you're building here. And this is the direction you need to. She almost like provided me a roadmap. So I felt more comfortable leaving because I actually had a map and I knew what I was building and I knew where I was going. And she was like, if you follow this to a T, I don't know when it's going to pan out, but this is a seven figure plan. Just do what I'm telling you to do. Mm -hmm. So after I met with her, I felt more comfortable because I had an expert kind of come in and tell me, you know, this is the direction you're going to go. Now, the money was not there. (laughs) Right. I tell people all the time, like, you're going to have to invest in yourself in ways that you've never invested in yourself before. So with me, I used all of my savings into the plan that was created for me. Um, I used every cent of my retirement and um, I sold a lot of things. So I literally scaled my lifestyle down to almost nothing. Like, what are the necessities to survive and to live? And I sold everything else. Um, That's sacrifice. It's sacrifice. For something something bigger, something you kind of felt passionate about. And, you, and it sounds like because of your business coach, you had some level of confidence that that person was guiding you in the right direction. So you you really took that that leap of faith. Yeah, and I was confident, but it's, it's again, it's this hazy road. You don't know where you're going. So you're going down this path where you're like, I don't know where this is going to end up. I've just spent all of my money, but it's your belief in what you're doing and your why behind it that is going to wake you up every morning and and keep you going. So there was a period where I lost everything. And so it was like after I had spent all my money building my business, I ended up losing everything because I didn't really have, I had her plan, but I didn't know business. I didn't know invoicing. I didn't know what to do with my clients. And so I ended up losing pretty much everything. Mm. (laughs) And it was at that point where I realized I really want to do this because I'm literally down to nothing and I'm still waking up every day serving who I was put here to serve, running this business. So nothing is going to take this away from me. Right. Absolutely nothing. Wow. That that's, um, that's powerful, right? That you you went through all that. And obviously you're talking about uh, taking a leap of faith in yourself and in your own passion. The, the confidence that you had to your point wasn't really about what the end state would be, but that you were doing the right thing, regardless of where you ended up. And it sounds like you ended up with some really difficult challenges and still you were able to kind of turn those around. So in that moment of time and that difficulty, what were the lessons that helped you move on and get to where you are now, which arguably is is pretty good success, right? 
I think at that point in time, I was extremely uncomfortable because I had never had that least amount of money in my bank account, (laughs) not knowing where money was coming from. Um, I lost my car in the process. So the baby that I had, um, I ended up losing my car and um, losing so many other things. But it's the weirdest thing that when all of that was happening, I was so joyful in what I was doing that it was like, oh, they took my car away last night. Oh, well, let me just figure out how to take public transportation, you know? Wow. (laughs) Because I still need to make my meetings tomorrow. And so I just kept myself in like this, this state of gratitude and reflection the entire time. So I have a journal that I kept over that period of time um, to reflect on how I was feeling and to make sure that I was going to keep going. And while I was down at the bottom is what I like to care, you know, categorize it as I was really keen on what are the lessons here? And I feel like the lesson was that I had to be stripped of almost everything because my entire security at that point was in money. I was always focused on money, 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 saving, 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 security. So I had to be stripped of everything to learn how to rebuild, (laughs) to learn how to properly build my business so that that would never happen again. And to learn how to save and to be a good steward of the money when it came back to me. And so when it came back, I was not out there frivolously spending. I was reinvesting into Mm. myself. I was figuring out, you know, I wasn't spending money on myself anymore. I was spending money into my business to make it grow. And it really taught me personally about the grit that I had inside of myself where I was like, Leah, you were literally walking two miles in the Texas heat to go put on social media presentations with no car. <laughs> um, and no, no one knew for a year that I didn't have a vehicle. Right. You know? And it's like, that's the type of stuff you do for this. This is crazy. But it taught me that grit. And so now I know if anything else like this happens before, I'm going to make it. Right. That's so powerful. Yeah, I mean, when you have to humble yourself, which I had never taken public transportation a day in my life, and you're wedged in between a homeless person and a drug addict and someone that has, you know, needle marks and all sorts of stuff in their arm, and you're sitting on the bus trying to figure out how did I get here? Okay, this is how I got here. How can I be grateful in this moment? And so my gratitude every day for an entire year was, I'm going to give whatever I have. So whether it's one guy, he was obviously on drugs. I gave him a lemonade that day. It made his day on the bus. You know, Mm. the bus driver was like, I love picking you up every day because you always have some crazy outfit on, you know? (laughs) So (laughs) so it was like, I'm not going to wallow in the fact that I'm walking and that I'm having to Mm. take the train and the bus. It's like, how can I be grateful in this moment and, and then document this because this is going to help somebody because I know all these things are going to be returned to me and they have. So I'm tenfold. Yeah. I think what's so, so great about that, that you, that you haven't mentioned, but I, I think it's true is that um, we often want to avoid imagining the worst case scenario and that that fear of the worst case scenario is what stops us from, from making moves. Um, But imagining it, and 
and even living it or hearing it through your through your life helps i think to realize that the worst case scenario is never even all that bad for most of us right um maybe 2020 isn't a good year to be talking about that but normally <laughs> the worst case scenario is overcomable is survivable um riding the bus next to someone with uh tracks in their arms does is not the end of the world it, it's a place from where you can rise up that you can grow from that you can move to something bigger and better the chances that that will happen for people it is generally slim and yet for you where it did happen not only did you overcome it you overcame it with flying colors and really great success and i think that that gives us a little bit of confidence to say well even if the worst came to pass I can survive that. I can move past that. There is something in me that will allow me to push to push that, whether it's because I learned it from my parents and the life, the way that we grew up or because I've learned it myself through as, as I've grown in my own skin. Um, I can do that. I can make it pass. And it sounds like you have. Yeah. And one of my favorite scriptures talks about making beauty from ashes. And so when I first started blogging, that was my blog, Beauty for Ashes, right? And I felt like in those situations, that's what I was doing. I was trying to find beauty in all of the ashes. So for an entire year, as I was kind of on the bus or I was taking the train and as I was waiting, it's just like this waiting period of going from A to Z, I was documenting the whole process with photographs and memories and writing things in my notepad. So there's been presentations and keynotes that I've done where I've pulled up those pictures like, this is in Dallas. <laughs> I wouldn't have known this if I didn't have to take, you know, public transportation for a year. I really got to know my city. Um, and people are like, how do you know how to get from here to here without a GPS? Well, because I had to literally memorize a train schedule. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the bus schedule and the and the transportation system. So um, just seeing those beauty and, and that's across the board when you're going in to this like what beauty can you see within the ashes that's going to keep you going instead of focusing on the ashes themselves right because there's going to be a lot of ashes (laughs) 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 so tell me you decided to go into this fashion full-time uh what happened from there oh my god it was like i felt like i was a magnet and all the opportunities were coming so fast where I literally had to sit down and say like, wait a minute, I think I'm operating in my gift because a lot of the stuff that was happening were things that people worked 10, 20 years to get. And I was getting within months or within, you know, within a couple of years. So something as simple as, you know, I want to go to New York Fashion Week. I don't even know how to get there. Well, I was there, you know, within three years, you know, and I was, the first show I went to, Whoopi Goldberg was there. And I remember passing her on the way to my to my seat. And I'm just like, I can't believe this is my life. Like, this is what I used to watch on the E! channel. Wow. One Sex in the City. And I was thinking, like, I want to be here. And now I'm here. Um, but yeah, it was just this whirlwind. I was doing that. I was doing even more TV. Um, like I said, the styling opportunities were incredible. Um, and then I, I did a pivot into my marketing agency right now, which is what I run right now. And that just like blew up as well. So it was just, I knew I was operating in my gift because everything just seemed to be in alignment and 
the resources were laid out for me and um, I didn't have to go to school for it. It was just like, you know what to do. Like intuitively, I knew what to do. And it was just a very eye-opening discovery when I figured out like, okay, this this is my gift. This is what I was put here to do. Yeah. And are you feeling now like this feels like a long-term um, plan for you? Or as I've heard from others, are you still open to what comes next? And I mean, you're, you're like a teenager in age, right? You're a young girl. There's so much room in life ahead of you. Uh, hard to predict, obviously, the future, especially in 2020. It's hard to know what is coming ahead. But how do you imagine, how do you look at the next 30, 40 years of your life? I mean, I'm exactly like you said, I'm an open book. Like I said, I'm a creative and a free spirit. So I never put myself inside of a box. And even leaving law to go into fashion, once I learned what I needed to learn, I opened my agency because what I had to do to leave law was learn how to do social media. And I documented my entire journey. So there was people who have been with me since 11, 12 years ago that have watched my entire journey. That's like, I can't believe this is where you're at now. And so um, I didn't stay into fashion. I ended up representing fashion uh, retailers and businesses and designers um, with marketing and PR. And then that took a shift where I realized, wait, I'm really good at this. I'm using my attorney skills because now I'm a publicist and doing marketing. <laughs> so let me open this up for other industries. And now my company, Think3 Media, we represent people across all spectrums. So I, I'm not putting myself in a box. I'm kind of just surveying every opportunity that comes my way to say, is this something that I, is this in alignment? Is this something, do I need to grow into that? And I don't care if it makes sense to everybody else. If I want to do it and it makes me happy, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and then they'll figure out like on the back yeah. end, okay, they can hop on the train later. But right now I just kind of, I go where the wind takes me. It just feels good. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I love the idea that you're you're really just open to where the potential takes you. Uh, and you talked a little bit about the people who've, who've kind of been there with you, um, as well as just your own mental um, openness. Tell me about the kinds of things that you rely on to help you make your choices, to guide you in life. Obviously, people might be one of those, talk a little bit about that, talk about your own intuition and anything else that really helps you make choices this way. Yeah, I, I just believe heavily on my intuition because it has not guided me incorrectly. And so I believe in like energy and vibes. And so before entering into any agreement, I make sure that I feel good about it. Cause at the end of the day, I perform better and I'm able to achieve a higher level of standard and excellence when I feel good about who I'm working with or what I'm doing. So I've learned to trust my intuition and how I feel about um, all situations, whether that's personal or in business. I've also learned to surround myself with every coach needs a coach, <laughs> you know, um, even mentors have mentors. So I'm very heavy set on surrounding myself with individuals who um, are either where I want to be in business, where I, it's a safe space for me to call them and say, I have this going on and I'm stuck or lately with everything that's going on, I've just felt like 
I'm running in circles and nothing's getting done. And you have to have mentors that will come in and say, Leah, focus on this one thing. This is going to be the thing that blows up. Um, so surrounding myself with people like that, a strong team is amazing. And, and then just doing a lot of self-care and just clearing my mind space so that I am able to think clearly. So I believe heavily in meditation. Um, I go to a wellness center almost every week <laughs> so yeah. that I can meditate and clear my mind and so that I can stay focused on um, my purpose and focus on delivering what I'm supposed to do while I'm here on this earth. I take it very seriously. Yeah, no, that, that's great advice. I think um, generally speaking, focus and clarity on what you want and what you are looking for is so important. And having the opportunity and the dedicated time to really focus on that uh, is such an important way to to articulate your objectives, right? Your, your goals. Uh, it's really easy to get sucked into the negativity and the discomfort of the space that you may be in. Uh, and clearing your mind really helps you make, make some quality choices. Yeah. And we have, you have to realize that when you enter into this space, you're completely almost like naked and vulnerable. Mm. You are so uncomfortable. It's a space that you've never entered into before. Um, and sometimes we seek outside sources to give us advice or to make us feel comfortable to replace that discomfort. And you have to know that there's going to be people out there that have never been where you're going. So you can't really talk to because <laughs> they're not going to understand your journey. Right. So you have to be so rooted and planted and believe so heavily in what you're doing that no one can sway you off the path, even if it doesn't make sense to them. Nothing I did makes sense. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> right. day, I was so bullheaded. And I think that was, this is the one trait about myself. I joke with my mom, like, man, all those years I talked back to you and my basketball coaches really paid off. <laughs> <laughs> like no one talk, talk me out of what I was doing, no matter how vulnerable I was in my space, because I believe this is what I'm supposed to do. And there are going to be people that project and say, Kathy, what is this you're trying to do? You mean you left that to do this? Is there any money in that? Oh, that's cute. Your little business. You know, there, there's going to be all these projections and you have to be strong enough to be like, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to make it work. And I'm just going to surround myself with people who are going to leverage me and help me make it happen, period. And then block everybody else out, <laughs> even if they're family. I mean, I don't know what else to end on, but that like that <laughs> succinctly captures, um, I think, such a, a great way to think about you and just your passion and what you bring to the table. Um, and I have loved talking to you about this topic. It has been so um, enlightening. You've given my listeners so many good nuggets. I can't wait to see how they react to this. Uh, and I think we've started a little friendship. So I'm excited to connect with you in the future so much more. Thank you, Leah. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Fork in the Road podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to this as much as I enjoy recording it. And if you found any wisdom in our conversation today, please do us and your friends a favor by sharing this episode. Help us reach even more women by liking and reviewing this podcast wherever you found us. And be sure to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. 
until next time thank you so much for listening